the Lord, everyone. Hallelujah. Let's calm down right now. We're here to praise the Lord. We're here to God to give God the glory. We're here because we got up this morning. And we're here with the unity of the brothers and sisters in Christ. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you and we praise you. We glorify you, Lord. Father, we thank you for this beautiful day, Lord. We thank you because this is the day that you have made, and we will rejoice and be glad in it. Lord, we're thanking you that we're able to get out of bed this morning, that we're able to get up and, Father, to say thank you, Lord, for a new day, a new beginning, a fresh anointing, O Lord. Father, we're thanking you, Lord, for all things that you have given us, Lord, and, Father, that you continue to give us, Lord. Father, to bless us, not the things that we want, but the things that we need, Father God, in order to, Father, to fulfill your will in the kingdom of God. Lord, in the name of Jesus, you call us for a plan and purpose, O God. You call us, Father, to, Father God, because you desire good things for us, Lord. Father, you call us your children, your sons and daughters, and you are our Abba Father, Lord. We thank you, Lord. We thank you for all those things that you have done for us, Lord, right now. We thank you that we have said yes to you, Lord. Father, in the name of Jesus, we know, Father God, that you order our steps, Lord. Father, you, Father, you have already given us the victory. Father, you have given us the crown, oh God. We already have the victory. Lord, we have already won the race, oh God. Lord, we thank you right now in the name of Jesus. Father, all things work for good for those who love you, Lord, Father. And Father, we can do all things through Christ Jesus who strengthened us. Lord, right now in the name of Jesus, we thank you for the changes, that we're not afraid of change, oh God. Lord, we're not afraid of moving forward. Lord, Father, you have seen those things that are coming to pass in the name of Jesus in our lives, oh God. Lord, for they are for a purpose. They are for a reason, oh God. Lord, in the name of Jesus, that we trust you in all things, in our health, in our finances, oh God. For the salvation of our loved ones, oh Lord. Father, we thank you for the prayers that have been lifted up before you, oh God, because you are a covenant God, Lord. Lord, we thank you. We praise you because your word is yes and amen. You watch over your word to perform it, oh Lord. Father, we, are, we thank you for the authority you have given us, that we can lay hands upon the sick and they shall recover. Father, in the name of Jesus, Father, we can cast, Father, that we, in the name of Jesus, we cast out demons in the name of Jesus. We tear down strongholds. We are warriors in Christ Jesus. Lord, Father, in the name of Jesus. But the army of the God is advancing forward in the name of Jesus. We call, we tear, like David, oh God, we take down the giants, oh God. Like Joshua, we cry out, the walls come down in the name of Jesus. Father, we thank you in the name of Jesus. We say walls are coming down. Walls, Father God, of the mindset. Mindsets are coming down in the name of Jesus. Father, we say our mind is bound to the mind of Christ. We cast down every imagination that exalts itself against the knowledge of God right now in the name of Jesus. Oh, Father, in the name of Jesus, we come against every lie of the enemy right now in the name of Jesus because you are the truth and the truth sets us free right now in the name of Jesus. Your truth sets us free, oh God. Father, for those who are free are free indeed in the name of Jesus. Father, you remind us. You always remind us of you through your word, oh God. You speak to each and every one. We hear clearly your voice, oh God. The still small 
voice of your Holy Spirit that ministers to us, Lord. We know we hear your voice because we are your sheep and your sheep hears your voice, O God. Lord of us, Sita, in the name of Jesus right now, we come against doubt. We come against despair. Or we come against hopelessness right now because we are hopeless in you right now in the name of Jesus. We thank you, Lord. We thank you for the prodigals that are coming back in the name of Jesus. We thank you for the salvation of our loved ones, our families, oh God, our co-workers, oh Lord, those that we have been praying for, Lord. In the name of Jesus, right now, we thank you for the worship. Father, as we worship, as the praises go up, the blessings come down. As the praises go up, as the praises go up, as the praises go up. Father, you bend your ears. You bend your ears.
Fill me up, fill me up. 
Fill me up, fill me up. 
good to see everyone today. It's a beautiful summer day. I heard somebody complain, it's so hot today. Listen, we have to be very thankful for this weather. Right now, in other parts of the nation, they are suffering storms, hurricanes. So I tell you, I wouldn't complain a bit. I would say, thank you, Lord, for this beautiful day. And even if we were in a hurricane, so thank you, Lord, that in the midst of a hurricane, you protect us. So let's bow our heads a moment, and let's just pray for the people of Louisiana, Arkansas, and, and those regions that the church would be able to minister because right now they're going through a very difficult time. Father, we pray for our brothers and sisters in Christ, Lord God in Louisiana, and all of the region that is suffering due to this uh, hurricane and uh, Lord, uh, the waters that have increased in that region. Some of them have lost their homes and even uh, churches, Lord God, that have been flooded. But I pray for your grace. Let your grace flow mightily in that region. And for everything that they lost because of the storm, I pray that you would restore it back to them, my Father. Not just that, but with interest, my Lord. I pray, Father, for your people that they would be able to minister to their communities. I pray for divine provision. Let them not skip a beat. May they be able to continue to minister. Uh, Lord, even today, even those that are not able to have service, may they be able to get uh, on the airwaves, may be, they be able to get on the phone, may they be able to get uh, over Zoom or, or some other video conferencing, uh, Lord, and be able to fellowship together. And above all, I pray for your safety, your divine safety upon the families that live in these regions, Lord God. Father, cause the waters to dissipate quickly, Lord, to receive quickly, my Father. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we give you the praise. And we thank you for your kindness, even in the midst of the difficult times. Even in the midst of the storm, Father, thank you for your kindness. Thank you that you're in the boat with us, my God. Thank you that we will get to the other side. Hallelujah. We give you the glory. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Praise God. God bless you all. It's good to see each and every one of you. Um, also, I want you to do me a favor. Turn around and look at your family in North Carolina and say hello. So Pastor Eileen and those that are with her right now, God bless you. It's good to see virtually you over in North Carolina. So right now we have various people that are watching live and they're fellowshipping together with us in North Carolina. Also, I want to thank all of you that have been so faithful throughout the summer and you've been giving uh, with all of your heart. I, I appreciate it more than words can say. Um, and it's, it's a beautiful time, summer, but it's a unique time. It, it's a unique time because people go on vacation, and um, some people, for whatever reason, when they go on vacation, everything goes on vacation with them. And, and sometimes they forget, but they don't forget their rent. They don't forget Con Ed. They better not, you know why, right? right? My mom called me just the other day, she was so upset. You know, my mom's always upset at something. I pay her bills. And she says, what is this? I don't have cable TV. How am I going to watch my novella? So I went, oh, man. So I called Spectrum. I said, Spectrum, what's up? What are you doing? <laughs> well, well, she owes two months. So how can that be? And uh, so anyway, we fixed up, and, and so I got her back on. And, but it's interesting. Uh, because we got delayed, I have a program that pays for her. So they're supposed to be paying. We sent them an aggregate amount every month, and they're supposed to be paying. But they're snails. 
and, and unfortunately, Spectrum, they're cutthroat. If you don't pay, they will cut you off. And so I, I paid the bill, and so she got her, her bill right, you know, or rather her TV back on, so she was happy. Now she's happy. But it just goes to show you, if you don't pay your bills, that's it, right? But yet, for whatever reason, we think that churches are exempt of paying bills. And we don't pay rent, we don't pay mortgage, they just gave us the building. Just because we're a beautiful people. And Connie comes every week and says, are you all right? Is it okay? We just want to gift you electric and water and all that other good stuff. Yeah, uh-huh. And then I woke up from the dream. <laughs> Praise God. So thank you for your faithfulness. I appreciate it. And for those of you that are watching via live streaming, thank you. And for those of you that will see it tonight or tomorrow, thank you. Appreciate it. I got good news for you. I think if I'm not mistaken, tomorrow we got such a deal. WMCA wants us online. They want us on 570. They've been, we've been negotiating for a while, and I've been telling them too expensive, too expensive, too expensive. They just finished hitting me with a deal, because they said, your voice needs to be heard. So, and it's interesting, because the prophetic word from Cindy Jacobs some time ago, she said, Victor, find a way to get on radio, because God's about ready to expand your voice. The voice of this church is about ready to be expanded. And I said, amen. If Lord, you say it, then amen, it's gonna happen, right? And, and in my head, in my logic, I'm thinking, that's too expensive. TV is like really expensive. Radio is expensive. But, you know, we have uh, internet. So what I've been doing, with your help, with, with, with all of you and the Gideon 300, you've been helping me, and I appreciate it. Some of you give $10 a month, some of you give $20 a month, whatever, whatever you can afford. You've been giving that toward that, what we're doing via internet. That's increasing. Um, we are reaching an average of about 2,000 to 2,400 people every week. We're interfacing, people are responding, 600, 800 uh, a week, and it blows me away. So our voice is being heard every day. So we're encouraging people, we're uplifting people, and we're doing it together, because without you I couldn't do this. And so when this opportunity came, I said, my God, seriously? Well guess what, tomorrow I might sign a contract with MCA. I think they're giving me a price that could literally be covered by what we are giving together in uh, the um, Gideon 300. It's that low. And they're gonna do it for an entire year just for us. And because they want us on radio. Now here's what's gonna happen. Once we get on radio, now you're gonna start hearing from people and seeing people come here that, that we've never seen before because the influence will now expand. There's several million that hear WMCA. So, um, praise God, I just want to give you that good news. And, and it's happening organically because, you know, God's, God first talks to us about it. And then he manifests opportunities in the right time and in the right season. A year ago, I wouldn't have even considered this. But, you know, remember the building? We, we were just saving, saving, saving. And one day I got up on a Sunday and I said, okay, I think this is the time. If anybody knows about a building that comes available, let us know right away. That very week, remember Je Jeanette uh, Martinez, is it? Hernandez. Hernandez. Jeanette Hernandez says, listen, I happen to have a real estate friend who happens to have a church that's about ready to become available. It wasn't even available yet. And I said, well, I want to talk to those people before it comes available. And that's what we did. We got the opportunity. I spoke to the bishop that owned this property. And we spoke, and he says, yep, you're the man that needs to have this property. So it never even got to market. Why? Because God made it easy. 
in the right time, in the right season. God will speak a word, and if we embrace it and believe it, and work with him and partner with him, then we'll see the supernatural. Amen. Hallelujah. So we don't do things out of the top of our head. We pray for things. We, we hear the word of the Lord. We, we wait on it. We, we pray and fast and, 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 and then wait for the right time. Yeah. A few years prior to that. Right. Then, yeah. Right. So, yeah, so it was a, there was a word that was ours that, it, interesting, it says it was ours, the building, but it was occupied at the moment. Mm -hmm. I'm saying so the people online could hear because they can't hear you. So, praise God. So, you see how God's hand is interwoven yeah. in our lives, personally and ministerially. And the, the key is for us to be faithful. Yes. When we're faithful, there is something that happens. That, that allows us to break through. God one time, on several occasions actually, in the book of Proverbs, says, look to the ant. Okay, what's an ant? What's a, an ant is nothing. So no, it's a very mighty creature on the earth. God calls it mighty. So size is irrelevant. It's the faithfulness and the ability to work in community. And then he says this, which having no overseer or ruler, in other words, they don't have a supervisor. Nobody has to tell them, get up at six in the morning and go get food. They just somehow or another innately know that they have to work together. And so they provide for the queen. They provide for their community. They go out and look. And if one finds something, he'll go back. And what they do is they touch each other's antennas. That's what they do. They touch each other's antennas. Then the other one touches the antennas. And somehow or another, they're able to chemically communicate with each other and let them know where the food is, where the provision is. And everybody else does what they have to do. So God calls them mighty. And then it says this, where in the summer prepares their food for the harvest season. So winter, they have food. See? So God said, look to that mighty creature. So what, what does this say to us? First and foremost, right now, if you look at the ants, they're working very hard. They're investing. They're looking. They're providing. So summer for us is not a time to chill. Thank you. Really, and, but the American culture makes you feel, no, no, I gotta chill, it's summer. No, this is the time to invest. This is the time to work harder. This is the time to see the opportunities that God has given us. Because as we are investing in the, li in the lives of people, we're studying, we're preparing. While everybody's out there on the beach, you know, twiddling their thumbs. We ought to, yeah, well, some of you do. Not you, but you know, generally. You go to the beach, what are you doing? Nothing. I saw a guy um, on TV the other day, and he's actually with a surfboard. Hey, dude, in California. <laughs> yeah, like, that's the way he was talking. Hey, dude. Says, and the guy, the reporter comes to him and says, what do you do? You do this every day? Yeah, every day, dude. <laughs> do you work? No, dude, the government takes care of me. Oh, no. Meanwhile, the guy has a six-pack. Oh. He's young. He's strong. He can work. Now. And he's wasting his life away. Yeah. And for him, it's cool. He doesn't realize that every day that he lives and he doesn't invest in his tomorrow, he will regret the time that he was chilling, dude. So this is, these are times when, when God gives us times to invest, times to be able to, to, to speak into our future, to pray for our future, to make declarations, to work, to study. And, and in the spirit realm, what was Jesus' last will and testament? What did he say for us to do? Hmm? Go to all the world and make disciples. So it doesn't just say preach. Preach is easy. 
I can go to you and Jesus loves you, amen. No, disciple means Jesus loves you. Now come to my house next week because I need to teach you how to be able to follow amen. Jesus like I do. Amen. See, so we should be active. We all should be, we all should be discipling somebody. Mm -hmm. Well, it's the church's job. Yes, you're right. Guess what? You're part of the church. I got no amens there. <laughs> I just shifted the responsibility where it lies. Praise God. Anybody read the devotional this morning? Or maybe it was yesterday. I don't know. I get confused. I'm putting them out every day. About the one about responsibility? It's our responsibility. What did Adam do when, it, when God spoke to him about his responsibility? Adam said, it's not my responsibility. It's the woman you gave me, Lord. And that's what blame shifters do. They will always find somebody to blame. But yet we, the church, the Bible says God gave gift to the church. Apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. So they could teach the church. So that the church could do the works of ministry. So summer, we ought to be doing the works of ministry. Summer, we ought to be out there inviting people to our homes, having barbecues. I think there's a barbecue this afternoon, right? Yes. Right? Isn't there? Yes. Yeah, at 2 o'clock, right? Yes. Praise God. The biases, they have a, an amazing, yeah, praise God. And what, what, is, what is it that they're calling it? They're calling it not a barbecue. They're calling it a cell group. What does that mean? That means it's a time to have fun, enjoy, fellowship, and then get to the word. Amen. Praise God. Come on, let's give God a hand praise on that. <laughs> so even during the time of fun, we can worship. When we go next, next week over to uh, Bear Mountain, is it Bear Mountain we're going to? Huh? Lake Welch? One of those places. Guess what we're going to do? We're going to have a great time, fun, and then get together and pray. Amen. Get together and somebody will share a word. We'll make a big circle and pray and and, and, you know, and, and exalt Jesus right there. Amen. Praise God. But summer's a great time, a time for investing, a time to prepare your work. So in the winter season or in your harvest season, you'll have something to harvest. The worst thing in the world is going to your field and find nothing there. Oh, what's the matter with this field? Well, you knucklehead, you never put any seed inside of it. Do you have seed in your field? Let's all stand. Praise God. So as we get ready to give, remember we're doing this as unto the Lord. And let's continue to be faithful. So I, I, once again, I thank you for your faithfulness throughout the summer months. Praise God. Hallelujah. And for those that are visiting, we welcome you. We thank you. I always chat with the family of God with relation, in relation to all these things so we, we could be on one page. So don't mind me. I'm just talking to the family. But you are most welcome here today if you're visiting. We appreciate it. Thank you for taking your time out and worshiping together with us. Let's get ready to give. Father, this moment, we take of our substance, that which you blessed us with, and we sow into your kingdom. We thank you, Father, that you are our provider. You're the one that gives us even the seed that we have in our hands to give from you. But, Father, we take this seed and we sow it in this summer so that there would be a harvest of souls, so that there would be people that would come to saving faith in Christ. And I pray that you bless your people. Lord, they've been faithful, they're standing, and they trust you. So I pray that you grant them miracles, signs, and wonders, even at the point of their needs, whatever that need may be, my God. Minister to them, bless them mightily today. And even those that are listening live, Lord God, 
I pray that you bless yeah. them mightily, Lord God. Even Pastor Eileen and her family and those that are with her, bless them in North Carolina. Prosper them and grant them great peace and great joy. Father, right, right now, right where you're at in North Carolina, the Lord wants to let you know that His love is upon you right there. His grace is upon you right there. He wants to let you know that He's with you right in that room. He wants to let you know that He's about ready to shift things around. There's going to be a turnaround. God's going to start ministering to you in dreams and visions. And God's going to start giving you direction in the coming days as to what you need to do. You have questions before the Lord and the Lord says, I'm about ready to give you wisdom and understanding. Hallelujah. So Father, we give you the praise, Lord God, as to what you're doing in this season. Thank you, Father, for the seeds that we have sown, that we've been able to reap. But now we sow new seeds, my God. And we stand with you. We look not upon what we see, but Lord, we stand and believe, my Father, your word. We walk by faith and not by sight. And we give you all the glory, the honor, and the praise. Now I pray that you receive the tithe and the offering through our high priest, our Lord Jesus Christ. And we do give you all the glory, the honor, and the praise. Amen. Amen. Pastor Eileen in North Carolina.
For the best worship experience, please let us remember to put our mobile phones on silent or vibrate during our Shout out for next week's uh, uh, Lake Welch trip. Again, the trip is at 7 a.m. The bus is leaving from the church. Again, those who haven't paid, please come see me today at the end of the service. Again, we can work something out if you don't have the money. Okay? You understand that. People that are going in cars, again, we need a count to see. Please let us know if you're going. That way we have a count to have enough food for the people to have. The bus is leaving at 7 and leaving Lake Welch, not at 6 p.m., but at 7 p.m. So they're giving you an extra hour. Again, everything I told you to bring, don't forget to bring your chairs. Uh, Renee and Jesenia Arce are gonna go ahead of us and claim a spot. Like I said, you gotta run and get it. Okay? Again, 7 a.m. Pastor on Facebook is advertising, if you come, you get a free gift. Not everybody. No, one person, one person. 
one person. And that's not only for like, well, that's just in general. And that can be, I'm not gonna say what it can be. It's gonna be, let me put it a surprise. Let's put it that way. But you're gonna get a gift. Okay, that's just our first, hello there, we love you in Calvary. We love you here at Calvary. Again, we're a loving church. We're not, I'm not, we are the best church. We are the best church. We're not, we're not a perfect church, but we are the best church. And, and, and grab that, you know what I'm saying? I mean, sometimes we come and you come with issues and you may not say hi to a brother or a sister, but you know, grab that feeling of love in this church. Because that's what people have, is nothing. That's what the Bible says, is to give love. No matter what you're going through, give that. And that'll go a long way in life. And as a born again believer, Believe me, that touches the heart. Amen? Amen. Again, God bless you all. With that, I bring our apostle up to bring us an awesome word, Pastor Victor. So stand a moment. Read the book of Ephesians, chapter one. Ephesians, chapter one. Two weeks ago, I started um, with Ephesians, chapter one. Our goal is to read. Um, and then study most of the book of Ephesians. I mean, if we were to read the, the whole thing and study verse by verse, it would take us half a year. Hallelujah. Do you have it yet? Yes. 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 Praise God. I am trying to work together with this technology, so I'm learning. So verse 4 says, just as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love. So part of the emphasis of the book of Ephesians is that God loves us. And by his grace, by his love, those that choose him, those, those that work with him, those that submit to the Lord Jesus Christ. The Bible says he chose us. But remember what I spoke about last week? That is his desire. But if you reject it, unfortunately you will not be able to receive the benefits of that. But for those that receive him, get to understand his love, his grace in a manifested way in their life. And we should be holy and without blame before him in love. So, Father, we thank you. We thank you for this, for this grace that you have given us. Thank you, Father, because without you, we could not do it. Without you, Lord, we would be eternally lost. There is no plan B. And we thank you for your love, that agape that provides for all of our need according to your riches and glory through Christ Jesus, our Lord. 
Thank you for that agape that manifested itself on the cross. While we were yet sinners, while we, we were yet enemies of God, you died for us. So Lord Jesus, we thank you for your kindness. And we pray your blessing upon each and every one that is here and that is listening to me today. I pray that you open up the eyes of our understanding today. Yes, we might be able to see what you're doing, hear what you're doing. I pray, Father, that you cleanse our thought life, cleanse our heart, every room in our heart. Yes. Cleanse, uh, my Father, the eyes and ears of our soul, that we might see what you're doing, that we might hear what you are doing, Lord God. There's so many voices in this world, but help us, Lord God, to tune them out and to tune you in. We'll be careful to give you all the glory, the honor, and the praise. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. So say to five people, get ready to hear the word before you sit down. Actually, I'm going to do something before uh, Pastor Eileen says that Jeremy, her son's father-in-law, Robert Weiss, needs prayer. He has a health issue. So let's pray for um, Robert this moment that God would heal him. So, Father, we pray for Robert this moment that your healing anointing would come upon him from the top of his head to the soles of his feet, my God. I pray, Father, for your healing anointing. I plead the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ over Robert, over his health over his future, over his life. Father, may he live all the days you have allotted for him in this earth realm, Lord God. May it not be stolen due to illness or any other situation. We bless this family. We bless Jeremy and his family, my God. And his wife, his in-laws, my God. We thank you for it, my God. Thank you that you hear our prayers. And our prayers here in New York can touch Robert right there in North Carolina. We give you the glory for it. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, amen. Amen. Hallelujah. So one of the things that the Apostle Paul wanted uh, for the Ephesian church to have is the eyes of their understanding opened. He said in verse 16, I do not cease to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers. So he constantly prayed. Um, what do we pray for? I need that car. I need that bill paid. I need to get a better job. But Paul's prayer was, Father, I pray that you open up their eyes, that they might see who you are in their lives, that they might see who they are because of their born-again status. He says, I pray this every day. I don't cease that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give to you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. So say that with me. Say, Father, Father I, want the spirit of wisdom I want the Spirit of Wisdom and Revelation, revelation in the knowledge of you. See, so this is very important. To Paul, who, by the way, had a very powerful revelation of the Lord Jesus Christ. He wrote two-thirds of the New Testament. This man, what was important to him and the prayers he made was that, I pray that you open up the eyes of my brothers and sisters' understanding, that they might see. Give them the spirit of wisdom and revelation and knowledge of him. So when you consider the word wisdom, what is wisdom? According to 
the dictionary, the American dictionary, it's the ability to discern inner qualities, the ability to discern relationships. Some of us think we have the gift of, of just knowing what people are doing. And they criticize. Yeah, I know what they're doing. I know what they're all about. They have what you call the gift of criticism. <laughs> Unfortunately, that's not a biblical gift. But wisdom allows you to understand things at a deeper level. For example, I, I respect irons, hot irons. I respect them very much. It wasn't always that way. One time my mother said, don't touch the hot iron. And of course I touched the hot iron. And now I have wisdom. So there is some wisdom that is learned and gained just by living life. There's a certain kind of common wisdom that comes to us because we go through things and we stub our toe here, we run into a wall there, we fail here, we succeed there, we trust friends and they betray us. We have this situation and it fails. We try this job, we go into business and we know we're gonna make a million dollars and we, what, fail miserably? Don't feel bad because usually millionaires, they try six, seven, eight businesses before they hit the big one. Some of them try even up to 12 and 13 businesses until they hit the big one, right? So discernment is good sense. Discernment is judgment. When you're able to know, they ask you, what do you think, should I do this or not? A person of good judgment won't talk to you right away, about, or rather won't answer right away. They'll say, hold on. They'll go back into the recesses of their mind. They'll go back into their training. They'll go, hmm. Sometimes they will even tell you, I can't answer that right now. Give me a little more time. And if they're spiritual, they'll say, let me pray about it. And then they'll go and pray about it and ask God for wisdom concerning them. It's knowledge. Wisdom is also knowledge. Wisdom can be an ancient man or woman talking to you. You want wisdom? Go to a, an ancient person. When we say, what do you mean ancient? You know, the sages, the people in the 80s, the 70s. And sometimes the people in their 50s and 60s. They're not ancient, but they have wisdom. So I said that because I'm in that category, see? Notice how I said I pushed it upward? Don't you dare call me ancient. But, it, it, yeah, as you live a certain amount of life, there's some things that you learn. This, this wonderful woman that, uh, she was the manager of a property I worked in. Uh, she one time, was, she tells me this, she was in the 60s. And she would tell me, ha, the things I forgot, they haven't learned yet. First time I heard that one. Amen. Oh, I get it now. In other words, she's lived so long and she's gone through so many experiences that she's already starting to forget some of them. And now a person in their 20s and 30s are just starting to experience them for the first time. So when you talk about wisdom, wisdom um, can be found in the earth realm. Wisdom can be found in people. Amen. Today's generation is making a big mistake. Yeah. They say the older folk are useless. Yeah. Do away with them. It's our time. Yeah. Well, let me tell you something, young person. You'd be wise to listen to the elderly folks. You'd be wise to listen to those that have lived life a certain amount of years already. You know why? You can't live long enough to make all the mistakes yourself. You'd be wise to ask elderly folk, what do you think about this in your business? Some of these people retired. They, they became CEOs of companies. They become supervisors of companies for 30 years. And now they're retired and they're sitting on a gold mine. 
You ask a, a person of years, what did you do? I did this. Well, what were some of the things you learned in your life? And they'll start talking to you from the depth of their experience. And they'll share with you things that, that will impact you. So, oh man, I never knew that. And then not only that, whenever you honor a person's wisdom, suddenly the spigot will open up. And they will give you the best they have because you're honoring it. But many young people say to them, I, don't, I know it all. I don't need you. I don't need anybody to tell me anything. You're going to run into a wall. And when you bash yourself against the wall, don't blame the world. Get back up, dust yourself, go to an older person and say, what did I do wrong? Miss a good place to say amen right there. So we're talking about common sense, judgment, wisdom. It's the ability to reach intelligent conclusions. It implies a reliable ability to judge and decide with soundness. We need that. Today, you're being hit by every angle. Every time you watch a TV program, you probably get hit with about 30, 40, or 50 commercials. Yes. Are, you know, are you aware that those commercials have created a fantasy? And in that fantasy, somewhere along the line, they are asking for your money. Yes. Or they're asking for your services. They want something from you. But what you'll see is an emu hitting a glass window. What you'll see is a gecko with a nice fancy accent. Right? Today, I don't know what, what is, oh yes, I do, I know exactly why. Have you noticed that commercials have gotten stupid? Yes. They've gotten exaggerated? Yes. They've gone crazy? Why do they do that? Oh, somebody said grab your attention. Yes, that, 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 that's absolutely right. Why? Huh? Because, because not just to entice you, because sometimes it has nothing to do. She's not a maid. Who, who got that? Who, who's that? Flo, right? See, see what I'm saying? And it has nothing to do with insurance. What it is, is that anything that is stupid, crazy, funny, or scary, you'll never forget it. They're using psychology in you. Yeah. And you're not even aware of, aware of it. My wife and I, we've been, been able to uh, use DVR as a masterful device. Yeah, because what we do is we record the whole program, then we watch the program. And when a commercial comes, we DVR, fast forward. It's just, I, I just give you a little tip there. But what they're doing is that they're using science, studies, they're using um, a type of marketing that bypasses your logic and goes right into your emotion. And the reason why that's so powerful is when you're in a state of heightened emotion, you'll always remember the moment. If you don't believe me, look back at your past. What are the things that you remember? The things that scared you? The things that offended you? The things that made you laugh hilariously? If somebody picked on you in school, you still remember the bully's face? I still do. If I see him here, if he comes here to get saved, when he comes to the altar, I will punch him out. <laughs> and then I will pray for him. <laughs> so, but it's masterful. They're using earthly wisdom. But the problem with that is that there's so many things vying for your attention 
is that most people are not centered. Most people have no idea where they're at. They're all over the place. You, you ever seen that game where it's like a, it's like a ping pong game where they hit them, it goes like that, they hit them, it goes like that. You keep on hitting them, they go all over the place. That's what you and me are. That's what we are today. Because every time they hit us with an idea, oh, that's good. Lose weight, oh, that's good. Save more time, oh, that's good. And so you're all over the place. And God is saying, you need to get back to your center. Father, open up their eyes that they might see. We are not seeing clearly anymore. Because society is pulling us and tugging at us. And Paul was concerned with the people of Ephesus because they were also in a big city. And they were also being tugged by many things. And, you know, the, the worship of the, in the temple Diana and, and all of the other things. The commerce, the, the greed. The business is coming and going. People come in ports every week bringing the next great answer. And so we're saying, you have to be careful. Father, open up their eyes. It was a note of caution because he, he knew how great the church was, was, how important the church was. And we know that because in Revelation, God even addresses the Ephesian church. Revelation chapter 2. He says, I love that you do this. I love that you do that. You do all the right things. But you've lost your first love. So get back. Because otherwise you're going to lose your candlestick. It's placed. You're going to lose it. See, so what God is saying to us today, that there's a certain wisdom that he wants us to start to walk in. When we look at, um, this, in the scriptures, definition of wisdom in the Strong's Concordance, mm -hmm. it's the word Sophia. <coughs> so if, if your name is Sophia, it means wisdom. Yes. That's a broad intelligence, knowledge of human and divine knowledge. So it's, God will give you wisdom about spiritual things, but it'll also give you wisdom about natural things. He'll give you wisdom about prayer, but he'll also give you wisdom about business, about taking care of your family, about how to take care of your children, about how to uh, deal with a difficult supervisor or, or difficult staff, how to be a, an amazing spirit-filled deacon or usher or preacher, whatever it may be. God gives us Sophia. It's skill in the management of affairs. How did God work through Joseph? It was in wisdom. God gave him such incredible insight that when Pharaoh spoke to him, how does this happen? That the president of a nation, after one conversation, breaks every known law and says, I'm going to make you in charge of everything without even a vote. Yes. That is the favor of God. But it's also the wisdom of God. Are you aware that the wisdom that Joseph has came from the same spirit that's within you today? My God. The problem is we're so messed up in the head because there's so many things in our head that we cannot listen to the Holy Spirit because it gets drowned out. He gets drowned out by all the other words. And most of the things we're hearing are not even good things. How many people today very angry in the nation? The nation is polarized. Because the media and special interest groups keep on throwing and interjecting things. And do you not think that it's a coincidence that as a nation we split 50-50, angry at each other, wanting to tear each other apart? That's not a coincidence. The enemy's purposefully throwing things in there to separate us because a house divided cannot stand. 
We need the wisdom of God. I need to discern what's God's voice. What's my voice? Because I have a voice too. What's the voice of a demon? I have to do that. If I don't do that, I'll think everything is me. We walk around, oh man, I'm so horrible. Why? Because I'm no good. Who told you that? It wasn't God. Because if you hear what God is saying according to scripture, you're a masterpiece. Amen. Ephesians 2.10. According to God, you're born again. According to God, he loves you. But if you're hearing these things, you're listening to the wrong voice. Father, open up their eyes that they may see. That was the prayer. He says there's prudence when interfacing with others. Prudence. Prudence is the ability to use judgment. You know, we need to get to the point that before we open up our mouths, we think. Yeah, because we say things, and the problem is the minute you say it, you can't catch the word. Because the word, it goes too fast. Speed of sound. I remember I did that years ago when I was a teenager. I said something dumb, and the second I said it, I knew I said it and, it, and I knew as the word was going there from my mouth gate to that person's eye gate, that person was gonna get offended, and there was nothing I could say. Nothing I could do, because it went out. Ah, let sticks and stones or they break my bones, but names will never hurt me. Wrong. Words can wound, yes. words can kill, yes. words can mutilate, yes. words can harm if you use them incorrectly or if you don't think. Ah, it's just the way I am. I don't think. I just say things. Well, you better repent. Yes. You better change your ways because words carry. It, see, a word is a carrier. It's like a car. You, you normally don't see a car riding unless there's somebody inside the car. So the car's job is to transfer that person from point A to point B, right? Yes. In the same way, a word never goes empty. A word is filled with ideas, concepts, dreams, hopes, anger, offense. And words have the unique ability of carrying emotion. So when it comes out of you with emotion, it carries the emotion and it goes into the ear gates of the person. The person receives the word, but they also receive the emotion of the word. And what many people don't realize is that person's at peace and you go to them with your emotion and you let it rip. And by the time that you left that person, you're happy now. I feel better. Huh? I, you know, I was able to share everything I needed to share. I feel good. Meanwhile, that person's like, <laughs> you left that person in a mess. So words are very powerful. Say to your neighbor, you're powerful. The words of your mouth. Say it. The words of your mouth. Release life and death. Healing and cursing. Yes, we need to be careful. We need prudence. Prudence when interfacing with others. And then not only that, Paul didn't only say that he would give you a spirit of wisdom, but he said give a spirit of revelation yes, also. Sir. Yes, sir. And the word revelation is the act, or, or the act of revealing or communicating divine truth. Something that is revealed by God to humans. So God will reveal something to you. Sister Eileen over um, in North Carolina, she says, 
we saw a commercial that said, life is too short, have an affair. <laughs> and she says, I haven't seen it again, it's crazy. But that's what they're doing. They're sending stuff our way, and if we're not careful, we will actually be consumed by it. We're not careful. Our friends will deliver to us a pain or an offense. That's not even ours. It's not even ours to carry. And yet we're carrying something illegally. But once it becomes your pain, here's the challenge with the pain. The pain morphs into an offense that's within you. And now you're carrying the offense, and you don't even know where it came from. That's why the Bible counsels us to, to, to give whatever's good, whatever's pure, whatever's holy. Think about those things. Meditate on those things. And then we're to speak what? Life to one another. Encourage one another while it is yet today. So Revelation uh, in the Strong's Concordance. Um, for those of you that don't know what I'm talking about when I say Strong's, there is a book called the Strong's Exhaustive Concordance. And that book has every word that's in the King James Bible. And so if it's in the Old Testament, it'll actually give you the original definition of its Hebrew intention. Or if it's in the New Testament, it will give you the Greek definition of the original language. Amen. So those of you that want to study the, the word and get deeper, you'll purchase a nice, thick, Strong's exhaustive concordance. All right? So when I talk to you about Strong's, that's, I, that's where I'm coming from. So you can get the original thinking. Of, of the power of the word. Strong's concordance is the word, um, when we're talking about Revelation, apocalypsis. Not apocalypsis, but apocalypsis. So it sounds a little bit like Spanish. Because, you know, Greek sometimes sounds a little Spanish, some words. And we get Spanish, some of it from that origination, right? So it's, it's to something that is going to be revealed. The word is more comprehensive than, than just a dream or a manifestation, something like epiphania. I get a momentary shining forth. No, it's a lot more than that. It, it's a progressive or immediate unveiling of something that's otherwise unknown. And when God wants to reveal himself, he will reveal himself by revelation in a dream, in a vision. Sometimes you might be talking uh, to a friend and suddenly God will give you a momentary revealing of what's going on in that person's life. You'll get a revelation. You might be, dream, you might be in a, a, a nice dream and suddenly, boom, God shows up right in the dream. And he reveals you something that you need to do, something that needs to happen. The prophet spoke to us. He says, you need to get on radio. Okay. Yeah, God says he's going to bless that. It's all right. Wow. Yet today, I'm talking to you about how God opened up a door. See, I received a revelation or a momentary fragment of knowledge. It could be a word of knowledge. It could be a prophecy. But God gives wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. So say to your neighbor, neighbor, I pray that God give you wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. Praise God. Come on, give, give God some praise. Hallelujah. Then in verse 18, he says, that the eyes of your understanding. See, your eyes have understanding also. It's not just your natural sight. Your understanding has eyes. That happens to me many times. I'm studying the word, 
And suddenly it hits me. So, oh my God, I never saw that before, right? You're, you're, you're a student of the word. So you and I, we flow similarly. And suddenly it hits you. I didn't know that. And for us, we celebrated. I'll go to my wife, huh, look what I got. She goes, okay, okay, don't forget the garbage, all right? <laughs> Not really, but um, the truth of the matter is it's exciting to us. Why, why are you laughing? It happened to you too? <laughs> I, I, he's a student of the word like I am. And so, but, but it, it's amazing when you see something that you hadn't seen before. It's like the eyes of your understanding are enlightened. Amen. And this is important because the Spirit of God is always speaking. Yes. This is why it's important for us to get into a quiet place every day. I don't know when you can do it. Your life is busy. You, know, you guys are working. Some of you have two jobs. Some of you have three jobs. It's just, you're busy people. I, I, I know, I'm speaking to New Yorkers. You guys are busy people. But somewhere along the line, we have to find time yes. to get along with God. Read the word. And then stop a moment. The Bible says, put our eyes on Jesus. Focus on Jesus. And when we focus on Jesus, what happens is our internal knower, our spirit man, starts to listen and hear what the Spirit of God is saying. The problem is that most of the time our focus isn't on Jesus. Our focus is in our problem. Our focus is in our debt. Our focus is in the offense. Our focus is in our pain. Our focus is in somebody else. Our focus can be on our business. Maybe we're business people. We have to be careful. When we are going to go and study the word, make sure that you could take some time and quiet down. And think about it. What does the enemy imitate? He tries to imitate God. So anything that comes from God, he tries to imitate it, and he tries to shift it and make it look like if it's his. He doesn't really create anything. What he does is he imitates. He's an imp yeah. I like that word, counterfeit. He's an imposter. So he imitates in counterfeits. Isn't it interesting that most of the Middle Eastern religions all meditate? Mm -hmm. Yes. Yet the Bible says for us to meditate. Meditate on the Lord. Meditate on his word. See? So meditation is not a bad thing. It's the fact that when they meditate, they say, empty your head. And don't think about anything. And then whatever comes in, then it's a revelation. The problem is that they're not born again, and they open up themselves, what's going to come in? Familiar spirits, lying spirits. The wrong things are going to come in, and that's what they're going to channel, so to speak. And that's what they do. They do it all the time. I know. I've spoken to enough people to know. This is what they do. But when you focus on Jesus, you get the word of God, meditate in his word day and night. The Bible says you meditate on his word day and night, and you'll make your own way successful. When we pray to God, we, we, we minister in the word, minister in worship, and then we spend a time just before him. Father, what would you have me know? What would you have me say? What, what is your will? The Spirit of God will give you insight. It could be momentary fragments of knowledge. It could be just a knowing that you need to do something, or stay away from something, or maybe even a word to give to somebody else. But the Spirit of God is still speaking today. And Paul said, Father, open up their eyes, that they might see, that they might have knowledge and wisdom. 
and revelation in you. Because we're spirit beings. We're constantly getting, you know, information. But the problem is since we're not focused. Remember those days where we actually had a radio with a potentiometer? You don't know what a potentiometer is? Ooh. She said, I guess I'm not as old as you, she said. It has nothing to do with that. You know, I will get you back, right? All right. Here, take it to the bank. I'll get you back. Yeah. Right. A potentiometer is simply the button that changes, the knob that changes from 10, 10, 10, 20, 10, 30. Come on, I thought everybody knew what a potentiometer was. I studied in a very famous school, Samuel Gompers in the South Bronx. It's electronics, so, so you know, I, they taught me things like that. <laughs> so yeah, you had to, you had to tune it. Remember that? Nowadays you don't do that anymore. Siri, get me this, give me that. Siri, make me some eggs. I mean, come on, that's, that's what's left, right? <laughs> We become lazy. No, but the tuner had an unusual ability to catch a frequency. Yeah. Yeah. And we are that. We catch frequencies. Amen. The problem is, is that we don't know what we want. I always have my 10-10. Because I like to listen to news. Every 20 minutes, go around the world, they say. Sometimes I go to 106.7. And there's a Christian channels. I, I have, um, I have a Sirius, Sirius, and Sirius has Christian channels, has sports channels. Sirius, so I, I, I like that. I have them. But all of them know how to give the frequency, listen to it, and attract it. God is speaking today. There's some great things happening all over the world. People being saved, set free. I mean, healings, miracles, all over the world, Amen. happening now. The Spirit of God is moving mightily. Why is the American church cold? Why is the American church not flowing in the gifts of the Spirit, in the anointing of God, as it should? I know there are pockets of things that are happening, but if you look at the pockets, those people are fasting, they're praying, they're seeking God, they're hearing God. It's because most of the church is just being entertained. Most of the church just wants to be entertained. They just want celebration. Amen. There's no commitment anymore. Right. There's no on fire for God anymore. They're on fire for everything. They want to save the whales. But they're not on fire for God. We're fighting about things that in, in the next eight years won't make a difference. The people out there fighting. I mean, giving their hearts. Going to prison for things, you know. And in the, in the grand scheme of things, when you talk about, are you on fire for God? We're systematically getting hit, hit over and over and over to the point where many Christians are even intimidated about talking about Jesus. They're intimidated about their faith. Just the other day, amen, thank you, sir, thank you. I will. The other day, 
This, this gentleman, he, he spoke, he's, I think he's a soccer player, he, he spoke out against the prevailing spirit of the day that is trying to shift our culture and destroy our children. And you know what they did to that guy? They sued him. They fired him. And then he, he, he needed help because he needs lawyers. And you know, he didn't have a lot of money for that. And so, so many people came on GoFundMe and raised $700,000 for him. Praise God, amen, right? Well, guess what? GoFundMe said, no. Give you all back your money. Gave him back the money, says, we're not going to entertain this hate speech. Yeah, they're trying to intimidate us to be quiet and not share our faith now. But, you know, the Bible says that, um, it makes it very clear, we'll suffer persecution in this earth. Why? Because they don't understand. The eyes of their understanding have been darkened. So when you talk about the love of God, they'll come at you angry. Oh, you're a bigot. I'm just saying love of God. <laughs> oh, yeah, we, we don't believe in that Bible stuff. Because the eyes of the understanding are darkened. And Paul prayed, Father, open up their eyes that they might see his love. Listen, stop running so fast. Leave me alone. Leave me alone. Stop, stop it. Leave me alone. Leave me alone. Whoa, fell off a cliff. That's what people are doing today. God said, pray in the earth realm that I would open up their eyes. So how many of you are praying for your neighborhood? How many of you are praying for your children? How many of you are praying for your church? How many of you are praying for your community? How many of you are praying for your supervisor, that miserable supervisor that drives you crazy all the time? Father, open up the eyes of his understanding or open up the eyes of her understanding. Or we're so caught up in the offense that we stop doing what we're supposed to do and we became impotent spiritually. Hallelujah. So uh, Paul is saying, even, even from 2,000 years ago, he's saying to the church in this generation, open up their eyes. What happened to Ephesus? A um, couple of years later, in history it's a short time, within 300 years, that city was totally destroyed. Does not even exist. When you go to Ephesus today, you have to go to Turkey. And you have to go to the ruins. They even call it the ruins. <laughs> Isn't that an interesting name to call your city? Come to my city, where? We're in the ruins over here. Doesn't sound right. <laughs> Just doesn't sound right. But yet, that's the future of America if we don't allow God to open up the eyes of our understanding. Why? Because God is vindicated. He'll destroy. No, we destroy ourselves. We don't need anybody to destroy us. We're destroying ourselves as a nation. My God. So my prayer today is that God would open up your eyes. That you would see the anointing that's on you. That you would see the seriousness of the day. That you would understand that when you pray, things shift. That when you pray, eyes get opened. What happened to Saul? Saul was busy persecuting the church. Jesus meets him, knocks him off the horse, suddenly he's blind. And, and God, God sent a servant of, of the Lord, uh, Silas, I forgot the name of the person. What was the name of the person? Huh? Ananias, right, right. Ananias. And Ananias' job was simply just to go to Paul and say to him, may the eyes of your understanding be open. May your eyes be clear. May the, may the scales fall from your eyes. And he was able to see, he says, 
oh my God, I just ran into the very one I've been persecuting all this time. And so for the rest of his life, Saul became Paul and became one of the greatest evangelists in history, one of the most prolific writers, wrote two-thirds of the New Testament, but God had to open up his eyes. Before Philip died, as they were stoning him, right? Or Stephen, Stephen, Stephen. Before Stephen died, as they were stoning him, Philip, he had an amazing revival. But I have all these guys in my head. It's just amazing. Before Stephen dies, what happens is, he looks up to heaven and forgive them because they don't know what they're doing. And that was the same thing Jesus said on the cross. Yes. It's the same thing with your friends. They don't understand. So this is why we have to go the extra mile. We can't get into the offense of it. We have to rise above it. Say to your neighbor, it's time to rise above. We've got to rise above. You can't allow them to take you there. Don't take me there. Don't you take me there. You know, I've heard some of you say that. Refuse to be taken there. Allow the love of God to flow. Somebody offends you because you're preaching to them and you're, you're praying over them and you're, you're talking truth to them, don't let it overtake you. Yes. Keep your peace. Amen. Be like Paul. Father, open up the eyes of their understanding. Fast for them. Pray for them. Because yes. what God is going to do in this day, he's going to do um, the miracle of opening up the understanding of the people in our region. I believe that there's going to be a great move of God. In the same way the enemy is uh, working as evil on a national level, the Bible says wherever great sin abounds, great grace abounds even more. So I expect that even more grace anointing. Even more. Say to your neighbor, even more. Even more grace. Even more grace. Praise God. That's what I'm expecting. So you'll release it as you obey God. Yes. And people will criticize you. Well, what, what, what did the enemy do? Anytime somebody was, is ready to start something, the enemy's right there. Because yeah. he doesn't want you to manifest it. When Jesus was born, right there, trying, yeah. trying to kill the children. Moses was born, trying to, right there, in the inception of it. So you'll always get pushback. You'll always get blowback. Guarantee. Whenever you try anything for God, that's when things will go wrong. How many Christians have I heard that? Oh, I'm doing something for God, and now I have these problems. Before I did anything, I had no problems. Well, of course, you didn't have anything that the enemy hated. But now that you're standing for God, now, you, now you're recognizing the spirit realm. So they're going to come at you to try to shut you down. But the Bible says, submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee. So stand, stand, stand. Say to neighbor, stand. Hallelujah. Praise God. So Paul is saying to us, allow God to open up your eyes. And then pray for others that God would open up their eyes. Bow your heads with me. Father, we thank you. Thank you for your love. Thank you for your grace. I pray, Father, this moment that you would open up the eyes of the understanding of each and every person here and those that are listening, Lord God. I pray that you would open up the eyes of their understanding and, Father, give them wisdom and revelation concerning the knowledge of God. Wisdom and revelation concerning what you're saying today, what you're doing today in the earth realm. And Father, help us to be able to discern and to distinguish between the many voices, the myriad voices that we hear all over the place and be able to tap into what you're saying, my God. Bring us, I pray, quietness of spirit, quietness of mind, Help us, Lord God, to embrace that discipline, to 
allow ourselves to be in peace so that we might study your word and pray and worship you, Lord God, and, and receive from you. We'll be careful to give you all the glory, honor, and praise. Thank you, Father, for your goodness, your love, and your tender mercies. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, amen. 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 Praise God. Come on, give him some praise. Hallelujah. Father, thank you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. So as we get ready to leave today, as you walk, be conscious. There's a new term out there. I don't know how new it is. Maybe it's a year or two old, maybe three. You have to be woke. You've heard that? Yeah, you have to be woke today. I don't know. I, I just, people, somebody says it, then another person catches it, another person catches it. But, but, but it has a good truth to it. We have to be awake. We have to be alert. We're in a war season. We're not at peace. We're in war. So we have to walk around and, and know our enemy. And be two, three steps ahead. Hallelujah. We need that because our family needs us to be alert. Our church needs us to be alert. Our city needs for us to be alert. Things can happen in a heartbeat. Look yesterday. Suddenly everybody's walking. They're in a, they go into a train. And suddenly the train stops. They're in an elevator, suddenly the elevator stops and turns off. Happened suddenly. The news didn't tell us, hey, people, get ready because at 5.55, we're going to have a blackout. Okay? So be forewarned. Sometimes there is no forewarning. So you have to be alert. I believe that God spoke yesterday to some people and they avoided some things. Others got caught in a train and God spoke to them right there while the train, while whatever he was says, don't worry, I'm with you. I'm with you. Let the people know it's peace. Everything's going to be all right. Hallelujah. So let's all stand and go be that blessing that God has called you to be. Now I'm going to open up the altar after I pray. If you need prayer, if you need prayer for healing, if, if you need uh, in terms of your relationship with uh, the Lord Jesus Christ, if you want prayer for that, please come up and we will pray with you after this prayer. But um, may God grant you a great week. And I pray that his word will flow mightily in and through you. That you will be salt and light. And that the word of the Lord will flow through you this week. To your friends and family members. Where you work. God, God will use you mightily this week. So Father, thank you for this beautiful day. All that you have allowed us to accomplish, to experience, to learn, to do and share. Thank, us, uh, thank you, Father, for this beautiful day, my Lord. And thank you for your blessing upon the people of Louisiana and all that region. That you would uh, give strength and divine provision and health to the church in that region. And I pray, Father, that brothers and sisters all over the United States will help the churches in need. That all of their needs will be met according to your riches and glory through Christ Jesus our Lord. And Lord, thank you for those that have come to visit us today. We bless them. And I pray that as we leave this place, may your wisdom flow mightily through us. May the eyes of our understanding be open so that we can pray over others and so that the, their eyes may also be opened in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And Father, we dismiss now giving you all the glory, the honor, and the praise. Thank you, Father. We pray it all in the name that is above all names, the Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen and amen. God bless you all. Question, is there a person here for the first time? Raise your hand. First time? A gift to you. It's a gift to you. 
I'm, where's Vera? Vera, do me a favor, give him free coffee, free tea, whatever it is, for Church of Canada, okay? Okay, free coffee, free tea, a pastry, or whatever it is. God bless you. Only you, not everybody else. Everybody else got to pay. God bless you all. Amen. Have a great week. Hallelujah. Oh, no.